Good morning, everyone. It's morning somewhere, wherever you are. Good morning, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our car. Today, we're in the Red Studio, and we're heading to the big state of Iowa. 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 That's where the tall corn grows. You gotta let him get that out of his system. Except for this year, the tall corn really didn't grow that well in southern Iowa this year because it kind of had a drought. But yeah, anyway, moving right along, we got an episode today for you that she does not know what it is—a mystery episode. A mystery episode. Mystery episode. My co-host does not know what it is, but she can talk on all three of these subjects. My episode podcast idea for today is three things. Every prepper should do that are critically important to keeping you healthy, wealthy, and wise, but that are really boring. Okay? Okay, like get regular extra? No, 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 no. You don't know what they are. This is a mystery episode. This isn't just you inventing stuff. I actually have a plan here. (laughs) Although, We'll put in get regular exercise as a, as a bonus number four, because <laughs> that is a good point. Are you ready? Born ready. Okay, this is probably the most boring one there is, but it's the truth. Probably the number one thing you can do for your health, no matter what condition you are in, from elite athlete, uh, one, marathoner, Iron Man, Iron Woman, all the way to the biggest couch potato on the planet, is to wash your dad gum hands. Alrighty then. Talk I'm in. about it. I'm Go. in. Uh, The primary way to transmit transmissible disease from one human to another in modern society is absolutely. A sick person accidentally gets some of germs on um, hand or coughs some of germs onto surface. New victim touches said surface. New victim at some later time, not too much later, touches face, touches nose, touches food that goes into mouth, touches pen, holds pen and teeth while does something, transfers germs to own mucous membranes, gets infected, gets sick. That's the number one transmission road. Washing hands does an amazing job of cutting down the uh, level of transmission of most transmissible diseases that are not... Well, they're called sexually transmitted diseases because they require a little bit more intimate contact. It's nothing magical about the sex part. It's just about the close contact. But if it doesn't require that intimate of contact, hand washing does an amazing job of cutting down infection rates. Okay, and by hand washing, we're not, we're not just talking about dipping your hand for three seconds under some cold water as you're walking out of the big box store bathroom. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about actual hand washing. So the most important uh, things there are soap. It doesn't have to be antibacterial soap. In fact, I don't use the stuff if I can avoid it because the extra chemicals are not particularly helpful and uh, might have some negative effects. So 
Regular garden variety soap is fine, but you lather up uh, good. Uh, palms, fingertips around the base of the nails. If you kind of swirl your fingertips around in the palm of your hand, that's a good way to get stuff under your nails. What you're doing is lifting everything off your hands so that when you rinse the soap off, the germs go with it down the sink. They're doomed. Yay. The temperature of the water actually is not that important, except to make this effective, you actually have to spend a little bit of time with the uh, rubbing the soap around and rinsing steps. 20 to 30 seconds is way more effective than 10 seconds. And it's been found that if you use warm water, people will actually do it for the recommended period of time. And if they're using cold water, they tend to go a little short. Because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's if you insist that you keep your hands in the cold water long enough, it actually does just about the same job as warm water. But you won't unless you're thinking about it. Okay, now here's here comes my part of washing hands that I'm going to throw in here. Because so much of the time... It's not as, okay, I'm going to throw out a caveat here. It's not as important to wash your hands regularly and all the time. And, you know, you become a compulsive hand washer at home. Because pretty much you're going to be exposed to the germs that you have, which you already have, and your family. Which isn't as much germs as everybody else. Now, yes, you still want to maintain good hand washing regimes and stuff like that but if you hold hands with your spouse well <laughs> that's what you're doing you know she just grabbed i demonstrate hand. she just grabbed my hand so there we are um so you know this is not this is something that's not as big of a deal but strangers you're me you're not only it's not their germs it's all the people that they've been in contact today or all of the surfaces that they have touched all of the people who have also touched those surfaces so when you're out in public you know, you need to keep your hands away from your face if you can without, before you wash. Certainly, every time you're going to eat, you want to wash your hands before you eat in public. Unless you're, you know, maybe, maybe it's not such a big deal if you're in your car and getting the food through the window. But we still, we keep, I've got right here, I've got a, uh, I'm reaching down, I'm grabbing it right here in the car. Hand sanitizer gel. Hand sanitizer Alcohol. gel. Talk and sanitizer that. gel. Talk about that. Not as effective as washing with soap. Way better than doing nothing. <coughs> the plan is the alcohol dehydrates the germs and causes most of them to croak. And it does. It does a pretty good job of it. So you put some of this in your palm. You make sure you rub it over the fingertips and nails. Again, you swirl your fingertips around in your palm to get some under your fingernails. It, it does a uh, much better job than, uh, say, a moist wipe would do or even what they would call an antiseptic moist wipe. It does a better job than that, but not quite as good a job as uh, soap and water 20 to 30 second wash. The old moist towelette is better than nothing, I suppose, but not much. It is because... It takes the grime off. The thing, about, the thing about grime is some of the germs are, are in the grime and some of the germs are sticking invisibly to the surface. So hands can look clean and not be clean, but if they look dirty, they absolutely have a higher proportion of stuff on them. Right. So the old moist towelette. Now, I'm going to give you another caveat with cleaning. Let's say you go and you wash your hands and you wash, 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 wash. You get it really good. You do a great job. And then you're walking out the bathroom door and you grab the handle of the door. Boom. You may as well have, well, I won't say may as well have not washed your hands because one hand is still clean. The minute you gra grab that bathroom door... 
you have just invalidated your entire hand wash. And you know, I don't know how how women are because I've not spent a whole lot of time in women's bathrooms. But I'm telling you how many times I've been in a man's bathroom, watched a guy go in there and use the bathroom and just turn around and walk right back out and grab that old door handle. Yeah. Surreptitious studies show it's common in both sexes, but it's more common in men's bathrooms than women's bathrooms. Yeah, I did an article not long ago about norovirus. And one of the ways that norovirus is spread is contaminated surfaces. Absolutely the primary way norovirus is spread is contaminated surfaces. And, you know, this is what, this is what we were talking about. Cause norovirus is, is spread through fecal matter and poop. I mean, or vomit. Poop. You know, and this is how it happens. So, you know, I it's I get it. It's boring. It's something we've all learned when we were four years old. It's boring. What does this have to do with prepping? Because this can keep you safe. And, you know, especially if we get into a situation where there's a virulent flu or a... Uh, big transmission disease problem or anytime a lot of people are moving around like uh, there are refugee centers or there's a lot of people trying to bug out there's a whole lot of people going through the convenience stores and gas stations you may be stopping at to get through there's just a, a, a lot of sick people moving around and it's easy to catch things and I have had norovirus while traveling <laughs> and if I had had to get myself anywhere it wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have happened. And I was it barely happened with me driving because she was that b- bad off. I mean, we were to the point of... Every bush looked good. <laughs> and she was dehydrating and in front of my eyes. And, you know, it was... <laughs> the raisin spice. And she was becoming... <laughs> she was shriveling. Look ahead of yourself, dumb kid. Halfway across my lane, he's looking at his friend in the... Driving a big pickup truck. Oh, I'd like to that sounds like the time to transition to part two <sighs> deep breath transition <coughs> you can get sorry I, I, that in the texting with the cell phone as you're driving down the road you know checking your cell phone yeah I get that okay we probably shouldn't I have a bad habit of doing it now my cell phone is on the floor right at the moment it's getting charged but it's on the floor and so he's I got the not driving app set up on yeah, it. Yeah, I've got the not driving, yeah, so it stops me from doing anything if I'm actually driving. Um, because I know I, everybody does get uh, tempted from time to time. Even Spice gets tempted from time to time. And she's not a phone person. And I'm pretty serious about re- refusing that, but, but I do get tempted. But she's an person. And she, you know, so that's I'm going to say don't text and drive being my point to be because that's not my main point and this is one that's just so dumb and so boring that I'm almost hesitant to mention it oh it's not always boring I remember one time when it was extremely exciting it was a dark and stormy night and well, Salty and I were driving home after one of our adventures Yes. when out of the dark, not very far in front of us, because we couldn't see very far on a dark and stormy night, there was a black line stretched across the road, and we hit 
a guy wire for a telephone pole at hood height of the car, almost full speed. speed. Yeah, we were at highway speed. And the chunk of pole that the drunk driver had also left attached to the guy wire whipped around like a bolo and slammed into my side of the car while the hood of the car came up and smashed the windshield. We yeah, stopped very suddenly. It and dropped we were us from 55, 60 to 25. Boom. Yeah, it was extremely quickly. It was like an arrestor cable on an aircraft carrier would do. And very much like the arrestor cable around my chest kept my face from slamming into the windshield that had come 10 inches toward my face or a foot toward my face when we hit the thing. Everything crumpled back toward me. My seatbelt caught me, and I remember seeing that splintering windshield about four inches in front of my nose as we were all stopping. What happened was the the guy wire caught on the very, very, very top part of the front fender. You know, if it had been six inches higher, we would have been decapitated. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be here having this discussion. It would just discussion. have cut us in half. It would have been the head, but it caught the very front of the car. There were actually three wires. One went underneath the car. One went back into the grill and cut all the way through the radiator. And the third wire caught just at the very top of the hood and took the hood and peeled it back and threw the hood through the windshield. Yeah. And so, I mean, the windshield made of safety glass, so... It didn't shatter on us, but literally the hood was oh, probably maybe a good foot inside the passenger. It was 10, the 10 inches to a foot, and it was a small car. It was a small car. So, yeah, that was no warning. That was no approaching car to watch out for. That was Salty had been doing a perfectly good job of driving. I had and just did a stopped in that town, a mile south of us. I had just stopped, and I bought a drink. To you know, help keep me alive and keep me awake. It was midnight or after, you know, we were driving back from an event, and I had just woken up. I you know walked around intentionally because I was getting a little drowsy, to be honest with you. So I, I got out and woke myself up, and it was cold out, so that woke me up. And so I was wide awake, but I just didn't see it. We were going around a curve, and you know, three thin uh, black lines on a dark night across a road in the dark are just really hard to see. Yeah. Going around a curve, and all of a sudden they were just there, and it was there's nothing I could do. I didn't even have time to... I was like, that looks like a bang. We're here for two reasons. Luck, Luck. and seatbelts. Both of us had our seatbelts on, and they both caught our faces before our faces impacted that windshield, which was coming to meet us. So, yeah, wearing safety belts is point two. Yeah, and this was the kind of, this was the kind of wreck that would not pop airbags. Because it didn't hit the airbag sensor. It, the, the cables just didn't hit where the sensors were. So, yeah, we're here because we are alive today because of seatbelts. And I know this is boring. I get that. But if you are a prepper, what is your number one goal? Survival. Survive and thrive. Survive and th- And the best way for you to survive in an automobile is to put on your seatbelt. Will it save you all the time? No, it won't. But you have a lot better chance of walking away from an accident or at least go, going away from an accident in an ambulance as opposed to a hearse if you wear your seatbelt. And I know it's boring. I get that it's boring. You but know, we, we so what? Back it to it takes over five over seconds again. when you get in the car. Yeah, this is the number one thing a prepper can do 
other than washing your hands, to save your life or to keep you well. And people still won't do it. I don't get it. Um, I get it when you're driving around town, you're only going two blocks. But a lot of the steep, of the serious injuries in cars happen within three blocks. Now, I'm bad about that. And I drive to work. I'm, I'm really good about reminding him. <laughs> I drive to work. I'm three blocks from work, you know? And we do not live in a metropolis. There are days when I don't see another car on the road when I drive to work in daylight, you know. So, But um, fortunately, cars have gotten so annoying about seatbelts that, you know, seatbelt usage is way up because they're just so annoying. But we've also got, like, we've got a three-quarter ton pickup truck. And it's not, in the state of Missouri, it's not illegal for me to drive that without a seatbelt. But I put it on. I can drive anywhere I want to legally without a seatbelt because it's not a passenger vehicle. Or not considered a passenger vehicle. And, which is kind of a strange law, but that's what it is. So... Anywho, long story short, that's number two. Number three is a little more vague, but it's something I think we can all relate to. Maybe the best way to survive, other than the first two, the best way to make it through to your old age is to always avoid putting yourself in a hey, hold my beer and watch this situation. Yes. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. We have a friend, and I'm not going to name friend. I'm not going to name him. (laughs) I'm not going to name him. Oh, my. Oh, Uh, my goodness. Person you would least like to light fireworks with. Somehow he's in his 40s. I have no idea how that happened. He spends more time in the emergency room than some emergency room physicians I know. Just because, I mean, what? That's kind of like, what could you have been thinking? You know, I, I guess I blew half of my hand off. But you got to admit it was funny. No, I really <laughs> don't. That, was a, that is a direct quote from my conversation with him last weekend. In fact, Spice and I were sitting here. Fourth of July. Actually, it was about the first of July. And I'm going to call him Bob. It's not his name, but I'm going to call him Bob Smith, just because I don't want to name the guy. He has a very unique name, and you could Google it and you'd find him. It's an extremely unique name. Uh, kind of like, it's not Horanus Grassu, but the Chicago Bears. But it's kind of like Horanus Grassu, the guy who played center for the Chicago Bears. There's really only one of them. Okay. So, it's that kind of name. But it isn't Horanus Grassu. He's, I don't know Horanus. <laughs> and I don't think he does this with fireworks either. Because Horanus Certainly not. Got He's got all his fingertips. Anyway. <laughs> but, I'll call him Bob. I looked over at Spice and I said, you know, because we were kind of thinking about what to do on the 4th of July. It was in the middle of the week. We couldn't really do anything. Like, eh, maybe we should get together with some friends. You know, we got some friends who have a lake, and they go out and shoot fireworks and stuff like that. And I said, but you know the one thing I don't want to do? It's like, what's that? Go watch fireworks with yeah, Bob. We're not, let's not go do fireworks with Bob Smith. And she's like, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, heck no. And that was not the word she used. This is a G-rated podcast, so. I she, like Bob. 
On other circumstances, I enjoy spending time with him. But if he when has fireworks are involved, oh no! Or anything, or shotguns, or power tools, power mm. tools of any kind, uh, explosive gases, uh, electricity. Well, he's a little more careful about electricity than his father is. He's a complete maniac when it comes to electricity. He's still half blown himself through walls by contacting things carelessly, though. Well, yes, that's true, but that's mostly because his father took all the safety mechanisms off to make it easier to maintain. <laughs> that's what happens. He is. There's supposed to be a hatch covering that um, three-phase, you know, junction. But it's hard to maintain if you leave the hatches on. Yeah, that don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, yeah, he's he has ended up, this, so we said this last 4th of July. And then two days later, 4th of July, um, as usual, spending our 4th of July holiday in the emergency room. This is his wife, who's also a good friend. He thought it would really uh, startle the neighbors if we did this. Well, yeah, it did. Yeah. It started the EMS responders, too. <laughs> <laughs> when the ambulance crews know you by your first name. The basic point about this is, when, especially when you're handling dangerous things, and vehicles are dangerous things. Don't forget that, please. Whenever you're handling dangerous things, you... Think about potential outcomes and potential failure points. And if you're going to do something that might be somewhat dangerous, at least do it in a very safe way. Yeah, we do a, a lot of things which might otherwise be very dangerous, but we do them in the safest way possible. And we yeah, do them because they're fun, frankly. But Yeah, anytime you go into a cave and go under into the actual cave itself, and you're under under rock so you can't just go to the surface and get out when you're diving. It's a very dangerous thing to yeah. do. It's an extremely dangerous thing to do. But if you have training and the right equipment, you know, it's fine. Yeah. You're, you're quite safe, you know, as long as you follow the plan so that even a catastrophic failure won't kill you because you have enough backup stuff and enough um, okay. leeway built into it. And enough consideration of how you're going to handle events. Right, and you you pre-plan, you pre-train so that, hey, if I have if this reg fails, I switch over to this other reg, my buddy knows I'm in trouble, boom. It gets, we totally lose all visibility. We know to go to the line, work our way out, feel for each other where we are, you know, that kind of stuff. And the line's there because that's Probably. part of the safety protocol. Yeah. It's, you lay it's, the line it, as you go. Right. You t- put so a line, you, got you one. never go anywhere you don't have a line, you know. There's all kinds of stuff that you do. And we've had several friends who've died in caves. At least I have. She doesn't really know them so much. But I've had several friends who died in caves. And every one of them was doing something that was either pushing the edge of the envelope or just dumb. You know? One of my, one of my mentors died in a cave because she was um, doing a hold my beer and watch this thing trying to go somewhere nobody had ever gone and the reason nobody had ever gone there before is because it was too small, too tight, and no room for error. And when an error happens, it's it's a fatal outcome. Yeah. So, most of us actually do things that are are. Uh, In modern world, I guess a lot of people don't, other than driving their cars and they don't think about their cars. 
being as dangerous as they are. But in prepping situations, you definitely do handle a lot more things. You're handling firearms, okay. Uh, some and people don't some treat them like they're always loaded and point them in bad directions and do dumb things with those. Well, what you do uh, see a lot of it in today's world is people making YouTube videos doing stupid things intentionally. You do see a lot of that. And yeah. just don't be one of those people. Really. They die young. They live with broken bodies their whole lives because they did something stupid. You know, I, it sounds all three of these things are kind of boring, and they're kind of no kidding kind of things. But you know, people still do them every single day. Just don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. It's mostly about uh, considering both consequences and failure points, and having plans to deal with the kinds of emergencies that are most likely to arise. Right. Now, the whole idea behind prepping is to be a survivor. And if you catch the flu and die from it, the pandemic flu, because you didn't wash your hands, that's, you know, there you are. But it's or not you just catch that. the norovirus and you just can't leave when the hurricane's bearing down on you because you can't be in a car for 15 minutes at a time. And full stop, even if you're not in a regular survival situation, you still don't want the norovirus. Trust me on this one. Yeah. I mean, this, the more norovirus is spread by poop. Who wants to eat other people's poop? Well, it could be vomit, too. Who wants to eat other people's vomit? <laughs> exactly. Do you want to eat somebody else's vomit? No. Wash your dumb hands. Okay, we're done. We out. Talk to you later. Bye.